Did you just get a haircut, Jim? Um, no, it actually I think it was last week. Oh, why you like it? That's okay. Thanks. I hear some good. Uh, I love that song. Wow, Ooh. experimentation, man! Feels like college. Dangerous. Feels like college all over again. You've lost your mind. <laughs> I lost my mind a long time ago. Me Believe me, it all started with making chips. That's true. That right would now? be a good blooper. That would be a good blooper. <laughs> yeah, use that one. <laughs> you know, Jim, we talk about people and culture a lot on making chips. We do. But the numbers are important. The numbers don't lie. The scorecards, you got to pay attention to them. They just don't lie. And I have to tell you, now that we implemented ProShop, I have access to real-time data that we never had before. Oh, tell me more. Yeah. For instance, part of the structure of our quarterly meetings that you're familiar with is to look at the numbers, right? You review the numbers. Yeah. You got your scorecard. It used to be an arduous process to extract those numbers from our old ERP or old accounting software and report on them. I used to have to delegate those reports to our bookkeeper or simply do it a day or so before. I hear you. Now those meetings, I can go right to the work by industry dashboard and toggle between sales volume by customer using date filters for any time period. Oh, that's fantastic. It is. You have no idea how helpful it is. So glad I chose ProShop for our company. Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Jason Zenger, and I'm joined by my co-host, the Salt Bay of Manufacturing, Jim Carr, (laughs) and the Guy Fieri of Manufacturing, Nick Golner. I just need to bleach my hair. How you guys doing? And then oh, I can, Nick, I can you be put gu- your sunglasses on. I could be Guy. <laughs> do you even know who? Do you know yes. Salt Bay is, Jim? I don't know who that is. No. He's very extravagant, and he takes a lot of like slow motion videos of himself. And I can see you doing that if you had a big following. Oh yeah, you would totally be taking. If you videos were a grill master, I do have a big following, by the way. As a matter of fact, my here we go making chips TV. <laughs> YouTube Here series. He's basically proving has, my point right now. Has 35,000 views. So He's just, basically proving just my so point. You know, yeah. Google it. <laughs> Tips for interviewing. Google him. Tips for interviewing a manufacturer. The reason the Salt Bay thing is funny because he's like. You've you never know, seen this guy? I've never yeah. seen that guy. Oh my gosh. He's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Well, I'll no. send, I'll send yeah, you, you are. Is he yeah. Hispanic? He's Turkish. Oh, okay. He's a Turkish. And he's starting I a. Because I speak Spanish, that's why no. you thought that's. No, it's because you're narcissistic. Oh, okay. That's true. Is, he nar- is that guy narcissistic? Yes. No, oh, okay. He is. Okay. We're just being real here, folks. Anyway, how, how are you guys doing? Good, Great. man. Great. Really good. Life good. is good. We're all a little narcissistic, though. It's okay, Jim. It's okay. I, believe it's me. A, I'm not, it's I'm a not, struggle. Dude, one of my biggest like struggles. shedding tears? I know. One of my biggest struggles in life is like how to be humble. So it's a battle that I pray for every single day. I got a question for you guys. Do you guys like paying extra taxes? No. Not oh, at all. yeah. I, I love taxes. Do you? Thanks Do you love asking. taxes? Yeah. They're fun. I'm always asking like, hey, how can I pay more? I've got to pay a big one tomorrow. <laughs> oh, well, May 17th is the corporate tax returns. And I believe... That personal, we, not corporate. Oh, personal. Yeah. But I'm trying to get my corporate done in extension. I had to, I'm trying to get it all done at one time. So yeah, we got to we gotta get that done. No, the personal is due on May 17th this year because of COVID, but they did not extend the corporate tax, the normal first date, but you can get an extension like you could any year. There was a former justice of the United States Supreme Court, Oliver Wendell Holmes. Have you ever heard that name before? No. No. Okay. Well, he was. And one of the quotes that he had is, taxes are what we pay for a civilized society. 
which to a certain extent is true, but I think we pay taxes for a lot of other nonsense yeah, to for shenanigans. For shenanigans, exactly. <laughs> so we're going to talk today about the R&D tax credit because I think every manufacturing leader out there wants to try to figure out a way to reduce their taxes. And I don't think that you should have to pay any more taxes than what you have to pay. There was another judge named Billings Learned Hand, which is an interesting name. Wow. Um, he was also he was a, uh, a judge on the United States Court of Appeals, which I believe is the court just below the Supreme Court. And he was also a judicial philosopher. An important court case of Gregory versus Halvering, he said on the U.S. income tax laws, anyone may so arrange his affairs that his taxes shall be as low as possible. He is not bound to choose that pattern which will best pay the treasury. There is not even a patriotic duty to increase one's taxes. Right. And I agree with him. Yeah, I'm with that. I'm with that. So the United States creates a lot of legislature associated with taxes. It's probably one of the biggest things that they that they create laws on. And we as leaders should always be paying attention to those laws in order to make best use of not paying as many taxes. Now, unfortunately, as small business owners, we don't have the resources that say like, you know, these large corporations do, which they have like departments that basically figure out how to take money overseas or whatever they can to legally or even sometimes illegally not have to pay as much taxes as they should. Two shenanigans don't make it right. Two shenanigans don't make it right. That's a good one, Nick. (laughs) So I think what Nick's trying to say is that just because the government participates in shenanigans doesn't mean that we should participate in shenanigans (laughs) in response. So yeah, so what we're going to talk today. But, but let me say this. Yeah, so go ahead. I, I totally agree with you because you would be wise as a manufacturing leader to really understand where you can get yes. tax advantages like the R&D tax credit. So perfect segue. Absolutely. So in this episode of Making Chips, we are going to talk about the R&D tax credit so that manufacturing leaders can look into whether this tax law is applicable to them. And I want to make a disclaimer here. None of us in this room are lawyers. None of us in this room are accountants, CPAs, or anything like that. We basically have no professional degrees or anything like that related to us. So don't take our advice. We're basically a bunch of dummies as it relates to this. But what we want to do is just communicate maybe in the form of reading off some of the information that's available publicly or telling some stories how a manufacturing leader out there can think about taking action and getting somebody that's a professional involved in the R&D tax credit. And if you want to hear... From a lawyer on making chips, just listen to the next episode because our guest is... Is he going to talk about R&D tax credit? Well, Kim actually has a law degree. Oh, awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. So maybe we'll have to ask. And, and for our international listeners, sorry, this doesn't really apply to you, but right. um, maybe you have some kind of similar laws to uh, in your country. So we do have a lot. Have we ever mentioned that on the show that we do have a decent amount of international listeners? We do. Yeah. Canadian. Which is Canadian. Mexico. Yeah. Mexico. Europe. Yeah. Yeah, Europe. So, so we're kind of nice. The three hosts are learning about four or five different languages, so we can. <laughs> yeah, just we're going to introduce um, five times. making chips uh, in Espanol pretty soon, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. Sure, Jim. Jim can handle Wait, that. Wait, let me get my babble going again. Yeah. <laughs> that's a great app. It is a great app. <laughs> this is this app. is kind of funny. So we have a team health meeting every Tuesday at four o'clock, and we're making some changes that we need to publicize to our clients and. Uh, you know, somebody was like, well, should we do this in Spanish too? And I go to Armando and I was like, and I was like, Armando, can you translate this? Armando is one of my leaders on my team. And I was like, can you translate this for us? And Armando was like, just use Google Translate. And everybody laughed. And I was like, yeah, probably because it speaks Spanish better than you. <laughs> oh, so, it's kind of funny. That is funny. But so, I just, I think there's a caveat to this. There's a, a lot of ways to interpret the R&D tax credit yes. for your business. It's a little gray. I'm going through it right now. 
I know you've gone through it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, it's ongoing too. It is ongoing. Yeah. It is ongoing. Right. It is ongoing. Um, but they go back quite a few years. You can go, you can, and we'll talk about that. You can amend your tax returns for three years. Yeah. Exactly. So, right. Yeah. Well, I'm interested. Have you, ha, has AME? Yeah, we have our, our firm help us with all that. I, right. I kind of stay out of it, but I know right. it's yeah. a thing. It's a little yeah. deep. It's a little deep. Yeah. Nick's sh- still trying to figure out how to read a P&L, so this might Yeah, be you know, deep. all these acronyms, P&L, R&D. Just <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure Run CNC. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So, Nick, why don't you tell me something great going on in your life right now, buddy? Well, I just had my last ultrasound before the baby. Oh, so, awesome. Yeah, baby when baby Jason or um, baby Wolfgang, right? One of those two? Yeah, so th- everything's good, and I'm not naming him Jason or uh, Wolfgang. You guys will find out the name at some point. So you looked at me. When it's you gonna said be. That. It's gonna be I'm Baby looking, Jim. Looking at both of you. Yeah. It's gonna be James. It will not be it? Jim. It will not be. Jim. I, I I named my son his middle name after Jim. Yeah, I know that. I like the name James, but I don't like the name Jim. Right. Yeah. So we'll call him Jimmy. Sure, it's not Jimmy. Little Jimmy. But yeah, so everything's good with that. He's like upside down or breach. Yeah. yeah so he needs to do a breach. flip. Yeah. So we're doing all sorts of flips. Nice uh, to, to get them to flip around, but yeah, usually I give some professional news, but that's pretty cool. Personal, yeah, that news, is cool. So. Good for you, buddy. That is very cool. Yeah, that's very cool. I'm just glad my wife's eight and a half months pregnant. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go back there again. Yeah, it's an adventure. It's an adventure for sure. There's yeah. no question about it. I mean, it. yeah, I'm going to be 60 when my uh, youngest turns 18. So yeah, wow. so in about. And that's Six what, episodes, that's what things really I will get. tell you the name of my child. Okay, cool. That's why I got to stay in shape. So I've got some manufacturing news to share with you guys, and it's related to what we're going to talk about today. So why do legislators come up with new laws in the first place? Do you guys know why? Like as it relates to taxes or anything like that? Like what are they trying to accomplish when they come out with a new tax law? They're trying to make money. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess. Um, but there's a better reason. Sure. What do you think, Jim? They probably think that they're trying to make the world a better place or yeah, society. they're trying to funnel money in a direction that's going to make that particular demographic of people that are going to benefit from that tax or whatever they're, they're basically trying they're to try to make friends with people um in you're, different you're, you're a little bit along the i mean you both are right but you're you're bo- you're a little bit along the, the right track they're trying to incentivize a particular behavior right okay sure so there was a recent news that I saw, and I do not think that this is into law, but in our great state of Illinois, there was a state politician who proposed that it was called a beer and a shot. And basically what he proposed is that everybody that gets a COVID shot and can go to a bar with proof that they got the COVID shot could get a free beer. I actually heard that, Jason. Yeah. You did. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it I don't think it actually they put it into law because I don't know how they would manage something like that. But um it's just kind I, of interesting. Yeah, you know, I think the, it's it's just kind of a novelty to entice people to get the shot. Yeah, exactly. And that's what I said. It's you know, they put laws into effect in order to incentivize a particular behavior. Right. So I thought that was kind of a interesting uh not really manufacturing well, news, but you know Yeah, you know, I was thinking either incentivize or discourage Oh, it could be discouraged, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you can think about it either way. Like, but incentivize uh, like where they you know, put all sorts of taxes on like cigarettes or whatever because they're yeah. unhealthy. There you go. Cigarettes, booze, and weed. I mean you could yeah. say it either way. I mean they're incentivizing a healthier behavior. Yeah. You know? You so yeah, absolutely. Well, they they were saying, you know, of late that the, part of the reason these consumer spending is up so much in the last few months is because people got their COVID check, if you will. Yeah. And that that was really driving personal spending, consumer spending, and that's what they said. So obviously the government wants to make 
the economy flourish a little bit. That's why everyone that got that $1,400 check is going out and spending it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, we could talk about this at a later time and we could go down a big old rabbit hole here. But, you know, the CPI, which is the consumer price index, has taken a gigantic leap as of recently. So that might have some implications to manufacturing, which we can talk about at a later time. But why don't I get into the heart of what we're going to talk about today, which is the R&D tax credit. The IRS utilizes Form 6765 and calls it the Credit for Increasing Research Activities. And they use it to claim credit for increasing research activities. So basically what they're trying to do is they're trying to incentivize manufacturing companies and other companies in order to perform research activities, which will enhance the economy in the future. Hey, Jason, you know what? You know, I just talked to Paul Van Meter. You know, he's one of the founders of ProShop and ProShop helped me out immensely during this R&D tax credit process. He said he just heard of one of his ProShop clients that just successfully finished their R&D tax credit. I'm going to give Paul a call really quick and maybe he can elaborate a little bit more. Hey, Jim. How's it going? Hey, Paul. How are you doing this afternoon? I'm awesome. Good to hear from you. Yeah, same. Hey, you know, first, full disclosure, you're live on the show right now. We're recording a Making Ships episode. I know you're familiar with how we do things here. We just kind of call people at random. But I wanted to ask you, I know we were talking last week and you mentioned one of your pro shop clients had just finished their R&D tax credit process. And we're recording a show right now on R&D tax credit, ironically. And I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about your client and his situation and how it all evolved for him. Yeah, I'd be happy to. In fact, I was just talking to him on the other line about his AS9100 happens to be happening. But yeah, I can connect him in and we can chat. Do you want to do that? Oh, that that would be awesome. Yeah, go ahead. Connect him in. Yeah, hold on a second. Hey there, Dave. Hey, Paul. How are you? Yeah, hey. So, Dave, yeah, I, was just, I just got a call from Jim at Making Chips, and uh, you and I were talking last week just about your your process of R&D tax credits, and uh, Jim wanted to uh, hear from you first. Yeah, so. I, this is great that we, we got you at the same time. How, how crazy is that? But, Dave, uh, first of all, thanks for allowing us to hear a little bit of your story. Tell me a little bit about your company and and what kind of shop are you? Because we know a lot of shop owners out there really don't know if we qualify for it because of that reason. So tell me a little bit about your shop. Sure. Yeah, you bet, Jim. Um, Great to be on the show. Um, Yeah, so we are a CNC machine shop out here in the Boise, Idaho area. We're only 15 employees, mainly a job shop. Uh, We dabble in uh, some aerospace too, but that's kind of uh, in in the toilet at the moment. But uh, been an AS9100 shop for a few years now and a pro shop user for almost three. Great. Yeah. Likewise, we're, we're about three into it now too. You know, how did you find out about R&D tax credit? Because, you, you know, these obscure tax processes that, you know, us as small business owners, we're never privy of until, you know, somebody tells us. How did that come about with you? Yeah, I was at uh, a show and there was a gentleman there um, talking about R&D tax credits. And of course, I always rush over that thinking I was too small. Right. But I got to chatting with him and he was like, you would be surprised at what goes on in, in small shops and what is considered research and development. You know, I always thought designing a rocket, you know, would be R&D credit. So, you know, and uh, he was able to explain to me all the things that I normally do in our shop on a day-to-day basis would qualify. Right. And you have finished your process. You are done. 
Yeah, so this is our second year. Our three, um, we were able to go back three years okay. uh, for the first time filing because I hadn't hadn't done it before. So we did the first three years, the past three years. Sent that in, they did it, and uh, we ended up getting a little over a hundred thousand dollars back for just our little Peasley shop here. So. Wow! I, I I was going to ask you that question, but I was going to refrain. I didn't know if you wanted to share that, but thank you because it really is impactful. You know, we don't realize as small shops how we're missing out on some of these benefits. But so overall, in retrospect, when you look back, Dave, and you say, my gosh, I should have been doing this, you know, 10 years ago when it was available to me. Did you think it was easy? If I would have started right away, yeah, it would have been easier. Going back the the initial time, because you're going back three years and actually they even take data even farther back just to justify your numbers. Right. um, Was pretty cumbersome. You know, before I was using uh, ProShop, the other ERP system I had was a little difficult because they ask you, your employee that was working it, their skill level, how much involvement did they have, how much inspection time did you use, how much programming time. So there's a lot of data you needed to get, and it was a little little cumbersome. So it took a good four days of work to pull everything for the first time we did it. But I just finished our 2020 about a month or so ago, and it took me about four hours to gather all the data. That's awesome. That's awesome. ProShop has definitely helped, you know, marking things, you know, and you'll learn it. Once oh, yeah. How about like the first run option when, you, when you're entering a purchase order, first run and prototype? I had no idea that clicking those would really would end up meaning something. So you've tagged those jobs that are yep. first run and prototypes, which are bona fide R&D tax credit items, and then all the granularity that ProShop has that, you know, all the time tracking for all of the, the machinists and the inspection times, and then, of course, all the COGS, the material costs, tooling costs, all of that can be used with regards to the tax credit. Yeah, I agree so much. It's, it was very much. So, Paul, you know... I had an email recently that you were having an upcoming webinar on ProShop for R&D tax credit. Yeah. When is that? <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just the time of year, but actually it's tomorrow morning. It is. I'm sure by the time this airs, it'll be passed. But uh, we always save our webinars. They're always free to watch on our website. It's in our video library under the best practices tab. Yeah. How do the Making Chips listeners get to that webinar? Yep. Just go to ProShopERP.com. And the video library button's right at the top. You just click on that and, and you'll find it. Beautiful. Hey, guys, thanks so much for taking my call. I know um, I interrupted you. Um, I hope I didn't take too much of your time, but I think the information that Paul and Dave and myself and then the Making Chips team here has helped equip and inspire all of you to at least seek out if R&D tax credit is a viable process for you and you can save some money. I mean, look at Dave, saved hundred grand. I'll throw out one more little note. I was just talking to another shop two days ago. He said that their tax advisor has told them, and for the few years now, all their estimating expenses, they consider that R&D. And I know, Jim, that's largely what you do. So you should talk to your tax person to see if estimating new jobs is considered R&D because it is for them. I will I will do that. We're, a car machine is about 60% finished with its now, but from what I'm hearing and the feedback I'm getting, it we're going to have a significant because that's mostly all we do is uh, prototyping and first run jobs. I mean, we do repeat, but a lot of the, what we do is prototyping. Yeah, perfect, awesome, you guys. All right. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, nice to meet you, Dave, and um, we'll talk soon. Thank Bye, you guys. Bye, guys. Thank you. We're going to stay above the clouds for a little bit in the IRS world for just a few more minutes, and then we're going to go to the manufacturer. 
They define qualified research as undertaken for discovering information that is technological in nature and its implication must be intended for use in developing a new or improved business component. They also note that things that it cannot be used for is research conducted outside the United States, Puerto Rico, or a U.S. possession. So if you've got you know a manufacturing plant in Mexico, let's say, and you're performing the research there, those expenses are not qualified because they're outside of the United States. But the word research is... Is very subjective. It's very, it's very subjective. Very subjective. Yeah, and we're, we're going to go there. You so, are all doing research right now by listening to Making Chips. I don't know if that qualifies, Nick, and I don't, <laughs> I don't know if we should either. make that professional. Um, <laughs> no. You know? <laughs> so the intent by the government, they first established this in 1981 in the Economic Recovery Tax Act, which I was only like five years old then, but maybe Jim can tell us what was going on in 1981. But they wanted to stimulate this research activity. And like we said before, whether you like it or not, this is the reason why the government introduces laws like they do. So Jim, what was going on in 1981 that they needed to stimulate? Did they need to stimulate the economy at I think that there, time? I think there wasn't a... Pres- uh, Honestly, I think there was a recession at that time. And I think that's when mortgage rates were like at around 16, 17, 18%. Yeah. Mortgage rates. And again, 16, 17, 18%. I just got locked in at like two something. Yeah, I know. Well, my first mortgage on my condo in 1985, I got a 11.9% five-year balloon mortgage on it and i was the happiest guy this side of the mississippi i've heard that like when you know somebody said they were at like 17 18 and then they went down to like 14 15 and there was people standing in line to buy a house on the other side of that it was a great time to invest at banks banks were giving you 17 or 18 percent on your savings accounts right my wife remembers that she goes oh yeah my dad just said sock it away Mm -hmm. can you imagine making 17 percent on a savings account it's crazy crazy crazy. yeah so my company we're not a manufacturing company, so we're a tooling distributor, but we can claim the R&D tax credit. They open that up for wholesale distributors like us. So we used a firm called the Align Group, but there's other firms out there. Um, it was through like our, our marketing and buying consortium affiliate distributors. So we, as I've mentioned in the podcast before, we participate in a lot of like continuous improvement projects. So we'll go to one of our clients and we'll say, how do we process that part faster? How do we process it less expensively? Or how do we meet some other kind of objective that our client has. And somehow those activities that we are spending our time on qualify us to participate in the R&D tax credit. Now, I don't know the details of that. I'm merely telling a story of how it happened with us. But basically, this company, Alliant Group, got involved with my account manager and the time that they spent out in the field, and they calculated our R&D tax credit. And it was significant. Mm-hmm. And it was definitely worth us doing that. And we had to pay a lot of money to the firm. But on the other hand, we also um, Boy, saved a lot of money. You didn't, they take a percent, much like when a, 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 an attorney, a real estate attorney is trying to reduce your real estate taxes. They take a certain percent of the savings. Of the savings, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't cost you anything it's basically hourly. to do this. It, it's basically hourly, the way our arrangement was. It was hourly capped. Oh, really? Up, well, it was hourly capped to a certain percentage, like mm-hmm. you said. Mm-hmm. And the way it works, since we're a, um, we're a pass-through entity, we got the savings on our personal tax returns. And then we still had to pay the actual money out to the firm to Got do it. it. It might have been different for you, Jim, because you're a, a, a C-Corp. C-Corp. So that's how it happened with us. 
Okay, so I also got some information from another company like Alliant called Trimerit, and they gave me some specific information about a four-part test that you use to qualify for the credit. So let me go about like what can be expensed. Okay, so there's three areas that you can expense. You can expense salaries, which I'm sure that you did that, Jim. You can contract research expenses, or you can expense supply costs. Now, as far as you know, what happens as far as the details there goes, that's where it gets a little bit more detailed. For example... Is, do you have to pick one of the three or can you have I don't a mix think, of all three? I, I don't know the answer to that question, Nick, but I believe that you can do them all. It comes down to like the time you spend on it. Because so I know like the contract research expenses, like we'll hire a certain group to do a certain initiative that we don't have the core competency yep. in-house, but I don't know if that's how we spend the entire... I don't... Credit. I think you... I think all of it can qualify, but let's just say, for example... You know, Jim spends as the president of the company, he spends part of his time on qualified R&D tax credits. That doesn't mean like all of his wages are qualified for it. It has to do with the percentage of your time that you spend on those activities. Also, same thing with like, say we're talking about supply costs, so like raw materials. If you have raw materials that you're utilizing in the research and development activities, you get to expense a certain percentage of those raw materials, I not all co- of them. I want to c- correct you with the verbiage you use. Yeah, go ahead, Jim. Research please. and development is really, in a manufacturing environment, that's really not what this Alliant Group or this R&D tax credit is looking for. What it wants to do is, yes, it looks at all of your salaried people, the people that are drawing money from the company. And what it does is it they want to know how much, what percent of the time did that particular person engage in first-time prototype work, work that we've never done. So I'll get, let's say... I or get improvements it, you make. Or improvements that I make, yes. You can only qualify for the very first... So if we have a repeating job... None of that time on the repeating job qualifies for R&D tax credit. Only the first time we run the job. Yes. Which in Car Machine and Tools case, we do a lot of first time runs. We do a lot of prototyping. So I haven't seen the numbers yet, but I would imagine it's going to be pretty significant because I would say 70% of the work that we do at Car Machine is all first time jobs. Is this your first time applying for this credit? It is the first time. Okay. We're just about ready to finish it on Friday. I have an interview for an hour. So with, they, a prof- ask, with a professional firm that's with helping the you. Firm that's, yeah. we're, well, so do they call that a prototype job then since it's the first time and that's... No, 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 Nick. So let's say that AME sends me a, a print to do, to manufacture a tombstone. Sure. Okay. I've never done that tombstone before. Yeah. So there's some... So R- the material yeah. and all the time or a very good percentage of that time that it took to manufacture that part is qualifies for this R&D tax yeah, credit. Yeah, yeah. So your first article or whatever is your quote-unquote prototype or right. whatever, whatever terms you have to use to qualify. Exactly. Okay. And this exactly. is where you have to you have to document a lot of a what lot, you, sure. you have to document a lot of what you do. And again, I want to make this disclaimer, like don't rely on what Jason, uh, Jim, and Nick say. You need to engage oh, you need a, a professional, qualified for professional. Sure. There's because, people that do this every single day right, of their life. This, they know exactly what yeah, questions al- to ask. The Alliant group that we use and this Tri-Merit and who's the, who's the firm that you use, Jim? Alliant. Oh, you use Alliant yeah. as well? Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, uh, They're very... They're very intelligent people there. I, yeah. This is not a sponsored, but I would definitely listen to them um, because they they certainly know what they're doing. 
and they will handhold you and guide you. And, and if process. you do these things wrong, the government can deny your credit, take you to court. There's a lot of um, there's yeah, been a lot not, of court they're cases. Not, they're that not have probably this. alliance isn't going to engage with you. If no, they they're going to be conservative and they're yes, going to do things correctly. Yes. Absolutely. But I'm just saying if there's somebody out there that tries to do it themselves or do it based on what we're talking about solely um you try to get, get yourself in trouble because you listen to making chips right yeah don't, <laughs> don't do, that. do that yeah don't, don't do, do that. that we're just merely saying this in order to equip and inspire you but, to take action with yeah, but i want the manufacturers that are listening to this know that in the simplest of terms what i just said is if you're doing a lot of prototyping you are really ripe for this r&d tax credit situation they take my income. They say, how much time do you spend quoting jobs? Because that's R&D, right? Mm-hmm. And then that percentage of my time, if it's 80% of my salary, could qualify for R&D tax credit. Right. Absolutely. So I don't know if I have to document that in some capacity. But you mentioned another thing. It's very important to have documentation, data, metrics so we utilized ProShop as a, as a matter of fact. That's a that's a great because yeah. every single job we enter in ProShop, we enter is it a first time runner? Is it a prototype? We document every single job in the process, and it was super easy. They called me and they said they need all this information. They need to know what the costs were for each job, what the time was on each job what the material costs, the tooling costs, the setup chart, everything. And it was so granular. Guess what? We've been putting in all that granular data into ProShop for three years now. So I got one of the founders of ProShop, Kelsey, on a Zoom call with the person from Alliant. And he and she asked Kelsey, what do we need to do? Within a matter of 30 minutes, they got every single granular piece of data that they wow. needed to make the R&D tax. And, and you know what? I've seen um, Paul Van Meter, you know, one of the other founders of ProShop has been putting a big emphasis on. Yeah, it's He's huge. got webinars going on on the R&D tax credit yeah. because this is a big deal. So I want to talk about a couple things that may qualify for the R&D tax credit. So Jim mentioned this before, but estimating, that would be one. Component design, rapid prototyping, tool and fixture design, actually programming, doing CNC programming. Machine setup could qualify. All of it. Prototyping. Even your quality control processes could qualify. So the inspection of prototypes. Yes, of course. It could even be implementing... If an employee is touching a prototype or a first-time run job, it qualifies. There you go. So this I, mean, is, that, I don't like to say sim- stuff explicitly, but you, you have but that I'm experience. trying to break it down in the simplest of terms so yep. the manufacturers out there that are listening know that it really is that simple. It's something that everybody needs to take action on and find out if they qualify. So even like implementing automation in order to streamline your processes could qualify for the R&D tax credit. And I have heard um, recently, I don't know if it's in discussion or if it's already been done, but even like making your processes more green because you know in sustainability sustainability yeah, all yeah. that kind of stuff that um, not, might be coming into the, play oh yeah that has nothing the, to do with the and that has tax its own credit, set though. of credits too right all that kind exactly of right right exactly. right right so you know what i'm thinking about when you, what list, you thinking? list all these so 
our family has this culture and you know every family business has family dynamics right so so my really (laughs) my grandfather our founder he's 90 years old and And he's he's still active in the company very and very passionate and one of the things he's passionate about is r&d because early in our evolution of our company we were always releasing new products like every year and forming new partnerships and he's so high on r&d but he wouldn't consider any of this r&d r&d is like Oh, we've got a new thing. It's like the no visionary side of things. Yeah, like, well, yeah. he's oh, I'm probably thinking a new product development of a new product. Yeah, so that, in that case, so only, if I were to be like, "Hey, we're doing all this R and D," he'd be like, "Get out of here! That's not R and D." Well, yeah. in, in that case, only get him involved in the questions that you need him to answer, <laughs> yeah. not the whole process. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, when we're talking about the R and D tax credit, we're talking about billions of dollars with a B. When I see that, it seems like from thinking about the billions. And talking to manufacturing leaders out there who are not taking advantage of the R&D tax credit, or in the case of you, Jim, where you just recently started doing it, I think there's a lot of money being left on the table. And I think by and large, the R&D tax credit for manufacturing companies is being used by the large manufacturing companies, the ones with sophisticated accounting departments who are really honed in on these tax credits. I really think that the manufacturing leaders of small and medium-sized businesses out there really need to get with the tax laws that can allow See, them that to would save be a some great money. Thought experiment. Think about like like what you saved this year in your first year doing it. Yeah, I don't know yet. You know, once you figure that out, this has been around since 1981. Yes, you could kind of go back. It's changed a lot, though. It wasn't oh, yeah. always. I mean, it's kind of yeah. iterated. So, like a lot. I'm of just stuff saying, you could about. go back and figure out, like, wow, I left that much money. I know, or something kind of like that much money on the table. Well, I amended my tax returns, and I saw how much you know we're going to be saving. You know, and it's it's significant. Yeah. It really is. That's, that's so awesome that we're all taking advantage of it now, at least. Exactly. Absolutely. So this was intended to be an introduction to the R&D tax credit. It's not intended to be any kind of detail, any kind of advice. We're merely you know, telling some stories about the way that it could be used in your business. But again, if the metalworking nation out there wants to take a deeper dive into that, perhaps we can bring on an expert in order to uh, help us. I out think a we should do that. that. Why don't we wait till after I get the results from mine so I can talk about it a little bit more passionately? And then maybe we can pull in a professional at that time to kind of handhold, or maybe we can have, if there's some of the listeners out there that have some questions about it, why don't you send it to info at makingchips.com and we'll take that question and ask the professional and we'll, when we do have that episode. Sounds good. When we do that next episode, will you use those credits to take Nick and I for a, a nice juicy steak No, I will dinner? not. No, no, we need you to do that and then do the whole no, salt yeah, It's thing. for my nest egg for retirement, which is oh, the next... The next, you're not uh, allowed to retire. Yeah, I know. Not yet. Listen to the next episode and you'll, I'll talk all about it. Well, if you're paying too much on your taxes, you're not making chips. You're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're not making chips, you're, you're not, not making, making money. money. Bam, bam. bam. As always, thank you for listening to the Making Chips podcast. You need to increase the speed and feet of your business. If you're not elevating your manufacturing leadership, you're going to get left behind. The metalworking nation is committed to a new way to stay ahead of the competition. We have more content to help you make and elevate at makingchips.com. Gain access to exclusive content as well as videos, blogs, show notes, and more resources designed to equip and inspire you. We'll see you next time.